109 years. And I personally think it's a beautiful picture. It's a picture of joy when hostility is replaced by relationships. It's a beautiful picture of hope when our world is so dark. But it is also an airbrushed picture that ignores the horrors of war. And ultimately, it's a dissatisfying picture because that beautiful picture of peace was temporary. Every human in the world has a strong desire for enduring peace. We live in a world of war and violence and broken relationships. And so if you're probably like me, you're praying and fighting for peace in the Ukraine and in Gaza and in other places. And a lot of you have come to church this morning and you're fighting and praying for peace in your families and in your friendships. You just want an end to the silence. You want an end to the separation, an end to the stubbornness, an end to the hurt. And our world is pursuing internal peace. That peace where the, the, the storm in the heart is calmed. And we desire peace that is more than a ceasefire, more than one good day, more than a good yoga session. Yet enduring peace is elusive. Even with all the experts of the 20th century, even with all the advancements in communication and technology, we have had the least peaceful century ever. Peace is over-promised and under-delivered by humans. But it's not a new thing. 2,000 years ago, a secular philosopher, Epictetus, wrote this. While the Roman emperor may give peace from war on land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion, grief and envy. He cannot give peace of heart for which man and woman yearns for more than even outward peace. And that is why every single Christmas, our desire for enduring peace draws us to the extraordinary events in the Middle East 2,000 years ago, where a chorus of angels announced glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favours. The celebration of peace has been celebrated by Christians in every language and country in the world for 2,000 years. All of our carols we've sung this morning celebrate it. And our Christmas cards print it. God's peace to a weary and broken world. Yet what did the angels mean? What did the angels mean with that peace? Because not even the most optimistic Christian could argue we've had 2,000 years of world peace. Is Jesus another human who overpromises and underdelivers? Well, to understand God's offer of peace, we've got to go back to that first Christmas and we've got to listen carefully to the announcement of the angels. And it starts in verse 8. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. I'm not sure how big a show you've got going on at your house, whether you've got Christmas lights and toys and 
trees and tinsel and everywhere, but the very first Christmas was ordinary. Lots of you do night shift. There is nothing exciting about night shift. The shepherds were just doing night shift. The Romans were bossing people around. Romans did that. And there was a baby born in Bethlehem. Not the first one. That baby did not have an angelic glow. Sorry. Jesus cried and needed his nappy changed. And he was not the first baby to be laid in a feeding trough. Nor, was, nor were his parents the only ones to have forgotten to book ahead. On face value, the first Christmas was incredibly ordinary. There was nothing special on face value. So the creator of the universe took the initiative. That's why he gathered his angels. The word angel means messenger. He sent his messengers to earth. Why? To make a birth announcement. Because God wanted people to understand who Jesus is. Because on the outside, he just looks like any other baby. As he grew up, he may look like a wise teacher. He may look like a religious guy. He may look like a miracle worker. And actually, when he died, he looked like an utter fool. Yet there was more going on. Now, modern parents craft their birth announcements with great care. More effort into the birth announcement than parroting, I think. They have to get the right outfit, don't they? The outfit has to be perfect. The, the photo they put on social media has to be Instagram worthy. Then they've got to work out the perfect name, announce the weight, the height, and then lots and lots of love. Well, the an angel's birth announcement is also carefully constructed. As you heard Jill read it, it's really short, isn't it? There's no mention of weight, no mention of height, no mention of the parents, just three important statements. Number one, Jesus' birth is good news of great joy for all people. Don't you love that? It's not good news just for his parents. It's not good news just for rich people. It's not good news just for the good people of the world. Jesus' birth is good news for everyone. The outsider, the foreigner, even ordinary night shift workers like the shepherds. It is such good news that people for 2,000 years in every language will overflow in praise and adoration and thanksgiving to God. We sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. But why is it good news? What is this good news? Well, secondly, Jesus is God's royal saviour. This is where our kids spot kids comes in because verse 11, today in the city of David, a saviour was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. When we hear that announcement, we've got the background music of jingle bells, presents, ham, holidays, and a man totally inappropriately dressed for summer, right? That's our background music. The shepherds heard, the, heard that story with the Old Testament. The Old Testament's the first 39 books of the Bible, which were there before Jesus was born. And they knew that as Malcolm read in the middle of our songs, God had promised to raise a Messiah King from little old Bethlehem. 
And so those shepherds are going, could it be true? And the angel said, your waiting is over. God's royal saviour has arrived and he's laying in that manger. And see again how it's good news for all. See it there? He was born for you. You are already in the Christmas story because that saviour was born for you and you and me. And the third part is that Jesus, the saviour, offers us peace. And this is where we've got to work out this peace, right? Because it is clearly not political peace. It's clearly not international peace. Even in Jesus' own words, he said there would be war and fighting and rebellion and disorder until he returns in the future. Nor is it inner peace. When people meet Jesus, he said in Luke 12, that will cause such a change and such a challenge that it won't leave you totally at inner peace It'll leave you quite challenged. And so if we're looking for Jesus to offer us horizontal peace or inner peace, we will be disappointed. But God's royal saviour came to offer us vertical peace, enduring peace with God. Because no matter the horizontal conflicts or the internal conflicts we're going through this morning, they are symptoms of a bigger problem. And the bigger problem is that we are hostile to God. We want to do life our own way. And what the Bible teaches us is that because that core relationship between creator and creature is broken, then our desire for peace and wholeness and meaning is beyond our reach. So no matter how much you you chase, for frustration and conflict always are there. The great news of the Bible is God sees the problem but does not turn up with a band-aid. He doesn't come with a new policy and he doesn't come with a ceasefire. God's saviour king came to remove that barrier by taking the just punishment for our hostility towards God and others. That little baby was born to die for us. Later on in the Bible, it says this, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus, and through Jesus to reconcile everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. That is why we sing, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth, mercy mild, here it is, God and sinners reconciled. Through Jesus' death on the cross, Jesus offers forgiveness of sins to everyone so they can have peace with God now. And it's a gift It's God's favour because Jesus, sorry kids, is nothing like Santa. We've all had those awkward moments this week where random people come up with a Santa hat and go, have you been good this year? It's like, we don't know each other. Like, okay, but that's what Santa does. Have you been good this year? Jesus says he never asks you that. Jesus says you got to pull your, he never says you got to pull your socks up. 
What Jesus says is, I will give you peace if you admit your hostility to God and ask him for forgiveness. If you are craving peace, and I am, and you are, I know, then it is found in Jesus. In our world of self-doubt and self-disappointment and self-confusion, Jesus gives you forgiveness, which means you are as perfect and beautiful in God's sight today as you will be in a billion years. Ponder that. The forgiveness of God makes you as perfect and beautiful today as in a billion years. And you know how all of your relationships are fragile? Your relationship with God will be as permanent as anything in the world because it'll never change on your good days or your bad days. And no matter what this dark world throws at you, you'll never be hopeless. You'll never be alone because you know the God of the universe and he's got you now and for eternity. Imagine being the shepherds. The angel finishes his announcement. He leaves. They look at each other. What do you want to do, boys? Do you want to just go and feed some more sheep? Or do you want to go and check out this baby? What do they do? This bunch of guys on night shift, they leave their sheep, they go to Bethlehem to see the baby with all their questions. And then they return to their sheep with overwhelming joy. Why? Because they had met God's saviour king who had come for them. That's the same journey we're invited to go on. God never asks you to step into the dark, shut your eyes and believe. What God says is, come and consider Jesus my son. Go and listen to his words, consider his actions, and then you decide if he is the saviour you need. Over the last 18 months, I've had the privilege of walking with a dear friend as she's gone on that journey. She knew nothing about Jesus and she wanted to, but her greatest barrier was not the Bible and it was not what Jesus taught and it wasn't even the problems in the church. Her greatest barrier was admitting she was at war with God. But she kept reading the Bible and each week she would meet the real God. The real God is holy, perfect, almighty, faithful and loving. And she realised that she did not have peace with him. But she wanted to. But she was so scared of what following Jesus would mean for her life and relationships. But she kept investigating. And over time, God's incredible love for her calmed her fears. And so this year, she followed the shepherds to the manger. She met the Prince of Peace and she received the peace of God. If she was up here this morning, she would encourage you, let nothing stop you from checking Jesus out. Fellow followers of Jesus, let the angel's message sink deep into your soul this Christmas. As you eat whatever you eat at lunchtime, just remember you have peace with God. You are forgiven by God's Saviour King. 
And that peace and forgiveness, it can never be taken away. And so let the angel's joy come out of your heart as you praise God for what Jesus has done for you. And let that enduring peace motivate you to be a peacemaker like your Saviour. As you walk into your family today, be a peacemaker, a person of healing and reconciliation like your Saviour. Let that enduring peace that can never be taken away drive you to pray and not just pray, but fight for the widows and orphans and starving in Gaza, in the Ukraine and even in our own town. Why? It's not because we can achieve peace on this world. That's not possible. But it's because... As followers of Jesus, we know that war, violence and brokenness are temporary. They are not eternal. Jesus is coming back and he will establish a new creation where peace will reign in every single part of life. Let's pray. Almighty God. We are so thankful for Christmas again, for reminding us there is a peace that we so desire and it is found in the baby you sent at Christmas. We thank you that your son came. We thank you that he lived a perfect life instead of us. We thank you that he died to give us forgiveness. Oh, you are the hope of the world, God. Please end the hostility between us and you. And help us be great peacemakers in this world. For Jesus' sake, amen.